Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Getting my dad to say I love you. Welcome back to Getting My Dad to Say I Love You, the podcast where I chat to people I know and I like who are very talented and they talk about their parents and why they are the way they are. But most importantly, we're trying to get my dad, John Martin, to say I love you. How are you doing, John Martin, my dad? I'm well. Nice to hear you. It's nice to hear you too. We've got Roisin Connerty this week, dad. Uh, yes, I, I couldn't. I, 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 I remember. Um, uh, we, we, um, but I couldn't remember her second name. I remember Roisin because it's a very unusual name. It's an Irish name. I know. Nice name. I like the name. You like but the I name. But I didn't know, didn't know her, her second or given or whatever it is name people call it. I used to call it a surname in the old days, but there's probably, there's probably some sort of technical reason I can't call it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think cancel culture has cancelled the word surname as of yet. You're never sure. It might be, you know, there might be some reason for it. So you, you're, you're, you're from the camp of, you can't say anything nowadays, including the word surname. No, no doubt your programme's editors will refer it to their legal department. Yeah, I think you're really overestimating the budget I have for this podcast. But I oh, really? It. I yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> some... if, if I get cancelled because I've said the word surname, I'm taking full responsibility. And I'm okay, well, that, that's good. Um, so with that in mind, should I go and chat to Roisin? We'll find out if we could say surname maybe, and then we'll come back and yeah. see. Well, I don't know what. Roisin might, might have a huge objection to saying surname. Yeah, okay, I know it pretty well, and I doubt that's going to be an issue. If it is... <laughs> Roisin Connerty, welcome to this podcast, getting my dad to say I love you. What I always like to ask at the start of this is, have your parents said I love you to you before? My, me and my mum probably say I love you to each other like three times a day. Oh. My dad's dead, but he did used to say I love you. Oh, that's nice. Sorry, there was a little Sorry. bit rubbing <laughs> your nose in it straight out. No, straight no, no, out, it's fine. Straight out, the, straight out the gate, but yeah, um... You come from loving parents. Yes, very loving, very tactile, very... We say I love you at the end of every call, every single call. Like, And my mum my really goes for it with her, I love you. Oh. It's like, I love you with all my heart. It's all that sort of, you know... Wow. She'll do it like three times a day. Like, well, your mum's uh, Irish, correct? She's Irish and small. 
She's not really, do you know what though this is interesting because i've spoken to carl donnelly whose mum is also small and irish <laughs> and my mum is from irish descent but i thought that um but just shows you you can't just base everyone's personality on that one where they're from <laughs> shock horror guys xenophobia is not cool but i was trying i thought it was like my mum's kind of a bit irish catholic kind of descent and she's she's not very comfortable saying uh, things like that. But I don't know if that's, that might just be how she was probably brought up by her mum and dad as well. Yeah, I think it's different houses, you know. I think it's probably in different, I think there is probably a bit of, so, I know I've got certain friends who've got Irish Catholic mums and they, that's, you know, they think they, they, they never say that or like, I love you or anything like that. Like only like the most serious of circumstances with the, with the I love you bomb be brought out. They're like, is someone mm-hmm. dying? Like, you know, and I'm like, oh, no, it's I know. Too- it's, if you, if you say out the blue to someone who doesn't say it a lot, they're like, shit just went down. And you're like, no, I just had a bit of therapy and I wanted to say it. It's kind of. I've got one of my best friends who is Irish descent, actually, but I don't think that's the link, but she's one of my oldest and best friends, but I can't, she, I, I'm going to make up a name for her, Kelly. Um, mm-hmm. And I relentlessly say, I love you, especially during lockdown and stuff like that, and she won't bite. And it's so funny. I'm like, and then and I had to say to her, I was like, say I love you. We're in the middle of a pandemic. And she was like, what's wrong with you? Of course I love you. But that was my closest to you and your dad. To well, I like the fact that you you went and called her out it because I was chatting to my friend Louis out here. He's like an older comedian guy. And he talks about, he's talking to me about his mom and dad and they've both passed away. And I was saying, oh yeah, it's weird. I wanted, to, I really want him to say it. And then he goes, uh, you should I think he told me just just say it and let him do his thing and then not and then I'd and Hannah overheard it and then I zoomed him and I said it and he went ah oh, very good and then I went just, just fuck I said like, just fucking say it <laughs> it's just why can't I was like why can't you say it but it doesn't it's just I've said this before now, but like people have different ways of showing showing their love it doesn't have to be in saying I love you but it's nice that your mum is so comfortable doing it and then related to that i'm intrigued to know is she quite effusive in her praise of you when you you achieve good things career-wise not really that's the sort of weird thing like she's not she doesn't care about that stuff to the point where i think there's a sort of probably a level of disinterest in me and not in (laughs) it that sounds dramatic in a kind of (laughs) well she calls my you know my show game face she calls facetime I have to let that go. Um, I think that's a, that's just a parent thing. They can't say words right. But it's also like you're not listening to what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. She doesn't really care about stuff. She cares about whether I'm eating vegetables, whether I'm, you know, how I'm getting home from a gig. She cares she, very much sort of. And then everything outside of that, she's sort of like, well, I'll leave that to you. You know, it's sort of like, you know, she doesn't really have much of a, she's definitely not a showbiz mum. Like I asked her to come to the Apollo when I did the live at the Apollo. And, um, and she was like, Oh, maybe. And then I was like, I was like it's too recorded. Oh, no way. I'm not sitting there for that long. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it was an absolute, like not a hope, you know, kind of. And I just, it was, I had to respect the honesty that she was like, Oh God, no, you know, she really didn't want to go anyway. And then when I told yeah. her it was two records in one night, it was, so no, she's not, a, she's not sort of like a, my daughter's great. And if anyone says to her, like, oh, you must be so proud. My mum's like, I'm proud of both my daughters. Just, her standard answer is. I think that's good. I think that's very healthy to not mm. be enamoured. Oh, I was, I think me and Ed Gamble were talking about the parents that are really keen on their kids in show business. It's like, it's, it's a bit like, you're like, that's not. I wonder if it's actually better, like now, now that you say that, that having parents who don't really 
pay too much attention. You kind of like do your own thing. You go, that's nice. And then I'll tell my mum or dad and they'll be like, all right, but they're not, if it's people where you really feel their pushiness, then you're going to, you know, how many knockbacks we get in our, in our lives in this world. It's like, if your parents were also just like, fuck, I hope you get that thing. And then you don't get the thing. Then you just be crushed. And I know people who do have parents like that, who were like, why aren't you doing this? Or, you know, stuff. And, I feel like that can be really difficult if you've got a parent who's also like that voice in your head, which is, you know, we're not getting doing enough. This isn't going well, whatever. So, yeah, my mum is um, very not into that sort of part of stuff. Like, she doesn't want to come to gigs. Like, she'll watch the thing I'm in, but after everyone she knows has seen it, and then, like, she'll need someone at the bingo to tell her to watch Afterlife. She'll be like, I'll give it a watch. Mary said it was good. And I'm like, yeah. Do then, you know, if, if you fancy it, mum. But, but <laughs> how, how does she feel about seeing you as a sex worker on a TV show? She was all right about it. You know, she was, she's just sort of, she liked it. She didn't mind as, you know, because I didn't do anything rude in it. She's not, um, in gay face, there's a bit where there's a sort of sex scene, very conservative sex scene comparatively, but I fast forwarded them. Cause I, I just didn't want, you know, she's, cause there's one where I'm, it's a joke, but I'm wearing a um, strap on as if I'm going to peg a guy. And, uh, and my mum <laughs> went, what's happening here? <laughs> 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 like the whole day. She, but she literally physically was like, what's happened? And I was, and then it just got really funny and I had to fast forward it cause I just couldn't explain any of the concept even to her. Well, and that that makes me it. think, that makes me think of, and I was texting you about this before, is that what, I've got the ingredients to this story in my head, but you used to do some really funny stand-up about, was it to do with a, a porn recording that your mum found when you were little? Or if I, if I complete, but there's something in that similar vein of like, you can't even broach that sexual vibed subject with your mum. I've, I've, so the thing is we do, me and my sister are quite bad. We sort of do to, cause she gets sort of prudish. When I was about, I don't know, I must've been like nine or 10, 11, maybe bit younger because I didn't I don't think I've quite knew the se- the facts of life I and mean, there was a, f- a porno called satisfactions that we'd found at my friend's house and then we brought it over um I can't remember the routine even because this isn't funny but um there was a bit like there was yeah I can't remember the bit but my mum came in the room and I was like this is what you and daddy do like this is like I was just sort of wow um but, well, you know, we were just sitting there watching porn at like four o'clock in the afternoon on the VCR in our bedroom. Like a hardcore <laughs> porn. Oh, it was a full... <laughs> a full VHS taken from someone's dad. Um, yeah, but now we're pretty... Like, I'll say things to get a reaction out of her, you know, sort of just to be a bit... Not too much, because she doesn't like bad language and stuff like that. But, like, you know, I remember once we met Jimmy Carr on a plane and... um and I thought, oh God, if Jim, like if Jimmy's going to say all this like wild stuff to her, she's going to end up telling Jimmy Carr off, but he wasn't his perfect gentleman. But I was literally like, my mum would be like, I don't like that language, you know, kind of. So I love, I fine. love a parent that doesn't like, like Hannah's, uh, my parents don't care about swearing at all. I could say C-bombs left, right, centre. They just really? don't care. But, but I find it funny when I go to Hannah's house and I say like, oh, that was shit. And then Hannah goes, Chris. And I'm like, I'm, like, I'm 35. Why can't I say the word shit to another adult? But it's very weird how, because she was just in a show on the BBC, a pilot. And um, they uh, were very, they're like, you were very good. But just too much, too much swearing for it. I find that a very funny general. It's so weird now that like that is it. Because no one of our generation really cares about swearing. But it's just funny when that's a, a it's such a big taboo from that generation. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm all, I guess my mum's fine with like, an, effort, an effort. One of the things my mum's got a real thing about is burping. <laughs> so if you're in another room on another part of the house on your own and she hears <laughs> with no one near and she hears a burp, she will shout up the stairs, say, excuse me, darling. And I say, <laughs> there's no one here. And she says, you just have to be always be in the habit of it. <laughs> I love that. So even if you're on your own and you burp and she hears it, she thinks you should say, excuse me, just to keep the muscle memory in case you forget and you just start burping and farting in front of people. (laughs) I agree. I actually do agree with your mum in a weird way because I don't know, we've, there's a couple of people out here who will just, we, me and Hans were staring at people and they, this guy was just doing burps. But like, not like just not acknowledging, no, like that. Just oh, no, had a sip, on- sip it. You know, it's like a sip of beer, and they're like, that's bubbles, and they just burp, and then you're just like, that's not, that's unacceptable behavior. That is, you've got to say, excuse me, you can't just blow your stomach air at us. And ex- <laughs> like, we're all just trying to have a nice night out, and you're just shouting stomach air into the room. You can't, yeah, you've got to. You can't. Well, no. I'm on. I'm on board. I'm on board with uh, Mrs. Connery there. With that. <laughs> she, she said, you've, "You've actually given me a flashback to when I was a kid. I used to play PlayStation in my friend Ben Jarman's house, and his dad, who's really cool, but like again, his rule was no swearing when we were like ten, and we'd just be like the other side of a house, and I could be like fuck like that, and he'd just go oi, <laughs> no matter how quiet he could be the other side of the oi, and I'm like sorry, Clive, sorry." I conceded a goal, um, but that's okay. So your mum's not into the swearing, but she's and she doesn't she doesn't actively like care too much about what you do. But if you get like good, let's say you know when you got your sitcom, that's mm. a huge moment. Did you call your mum and we like, mum? I, I got did. This she's, you- yeah, she's totally she's really supportive. But the right she right sizes things really in a really healthy way. I think she's a very sort of. She's quite, uh, I would say, spiritual in an in in annoying, like meditative. She has that sort of inbuilt her advice, and it's, she doesn't read sort of Zen books, but that's sort of intrinsically her way. She's got a very, that's great. And if it doesn't happen, you're going to be fine. It's sort of that, you know, like, you know, you take life on life's terms. She's very like, this is wonderful. It's an absolute great day. You've got your sitcom. I'm delighted for you. But, you know, if you don't have a sitcom, that's also great. And let's just get on with the day. She's sort of like that, you know, like onwards. She's so balanced. She's, She's so very balanced. balanced. She's a very balanced lady. I mean, you know, listen, she eats the same things every day. So that's kind of a, we're very different. She has a very good sort of. Sorry, like, you have to go. She eats exactly the same. Not exactly the same thing, but she likes a <laughs> very got, like. She'll have like cod and mashed potatoes and broccoli at dinner. Like she has a very okay. puritan bar scones. Where if she gets on those, she'll do four um, on the row. <laughs> but other than that, she's very sort of. <laughs> That's a soft spot. Scones, yeah, like she like so for lunch, she'll give up scones and then lose like two stone. We didn't realize that all her body weight is scone. <laughs> Also, I I can't think of. I feel like a scone. I don't even know where you where you does she make them. A, I don't. I can't even think of a place. It's not like a Jaffa well, cakes. It's like they're Marks hard to get. the baker. She knows the bakery. Mark Spencer. She knows exactly what time. <laughs> she knows and the she, baker at Marks and Spencer's is in one of the most mum sentences. And then she sent it. me in there, and then I said, "There's no scones." And she said, "Tell." I can't remember his name, so forgive me, baker. I, I think it might have been Marco. She went, "Tell Marco they're for Margaret." And then I was like, okay. And she was like, and then he'll tell you when the next batch are ready. And I said, sorry, this is going to sound wild. And he was like, Margaret? Oh, of course, yes. And it was like eight minutes or whatever. It also feels knew. weird having such a personal relationship in such a big brand shop. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you go into the local bakers, it's like... But I think that's a generational every- thing. 
I think yes, we see them as that. And I think because our parents, that sort of just became a transfer. My mum still does, you know, she, like, even if they don't want it, like my mum's like, oh, they're like, just take your shopping. And she's just like, oh, blah, 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 blah. You know, she's like, you've got, you've got a name tag on for a reason and I'm yeah. going to use it 12 <laughs> times in this sentence. <laughs> Isn't that right, Marco? That's it. I love that. I love that. That's so sweet. So then, um, uh, your mum's very balanced when it comes to your achievements or not achievements, etc. Mm. So what I think is quite interesting on this is uh, chatting to comedians and uh, I think this is just comedians. I was going to a couple of actors. I do think whatever your comedy, uh, style of comedy, whatever you're doing, writing, performing, and I do think the common denominator is that everyone has a very good work ethic in their own way, in different ways, right? And I know... I think you and me work in very different ways, but I know that you still work. Very- <laughs> you're you're a last minute person, but you're still a hardworking person. That's fair, right? Yeah, I, I have. A, I would say my whole career is on based on like spurts, very significant spurts, <laughs> which sounds gross. And I'm really, I'm really don't let your mum hear that bit. No. You have to fast forward that bit. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. No, could do a day. I. Yeah, I think you, so you get up in the morning and like do like a big work day for you. Like if you've got a deadline. I am a, get it, here's my one. And I've brought this on from school days when it came to revision is I found, and I might be wrong with it, but I do, but I think your spurt, I think everyone actually works in spurts, but this is where you put your spurts. <laughs> this is gross. <laughs> so oh, God. gross. This what can we so call gross. it? What can we do? What can we use instead of spurts? Splodge? No. Uh, uh, burst. Burst. A burst. burst. Yeah, bursts. Burst more sound like, a, that's still like a, a spot it's, just got exploded. Yeah. Um, sprints. Sprints, maybe. Sprints, Sprint. sure. <laughs> sprints. <laughs> So much more, so much more athletic. <laughs> yeah. But I, my, my thing I've brought um, is from school days. I remember that you, you, I get up early and I will work for like three hours till lunchtime, and then I'll have the afternoon off because I found that a lot of people. And I, this is school, and I think this is the same with writing. I, I think, especially when you're creative, I don't, I genuinely don't think you can work for eight hours a day. You can't. You can only work really mm-hmm. effectively for like two, three hours. Um, but I'd like to do it early so then I have the afternoon as a reward to relax. Ooh, but I imagine good. you go, you go, oh, fucking, oh, this is a bit stressful. I don't want to do this. And then it gets to like 11 p.m. You're like, I've got, I've got to get this done by tomorrow. Is that right? Yes. I do bits. I've got, I've started doing this thing, um, the Pomodoro effect. So it's similar to that. It's just that, that's and that's changed my life a bit. I used to think, oh, writing was this, I need this creative you know, I need to get all this stuff, you know, where's my inspiration? And basically I just need a clock ticking for 25 minutes and then I can get 25 minutes in a break, 25 minutes. And that's been really good for me. It somehow seems to bypass my anxiety and the bit of judging, judging what I'm doing. It sort of mm-hmm. just lets me carry on. It's because I think, well, I've only got 10 more minutes and I can hold. But if even in a bit that I think is rubbish or hot dog shit on the page that you just want to close the laptop it says no no you just got 10 more minutes with this hot dog shit excuse my language mum. but you know that sort of and then I can get through it and then at the end you have something you do have something so I've got a lot better because I worried that the the deadline and the sort of anxiety of that became part of without sounding pretentious my process like you know mm-hmm. like like I needed it to be all stressful to finish my work, you know what I mean? To get to the point. And I was like, oh, I can't have this where my brain's like, no, no, we're good. You know what we need? A real threatening deadline that makes you feel like you want to have a breakdown. <laughs> then we'll give you some ideas. <laughs> you know, sort of. 
we need a big bag of anxiety that's just like weighing you down that's scared and the shit no yeah i agree that so you so you've moved to this thing and it's made you less anxious about it but yeah. weirdly with the timer interesting because i think it's just it's just i can't it's you know it's exactly what you said which i didn't know is the sprawling of the day of a whole day of writing and what that should look like and for me I always you know in my head I think everyone else is secretly wearing white linens in front of a little, little murder she wrote and I'm just sat there like barely able to you know <laughs> sort of like covered in mustard I'm always covered in mustard I feel like just like writing nothing and it's like two o'clock and then I'm deleting what written the word cabbage nine times and I don't remember why it was funny three hours ago so I just you know so I think having a bit where I go let's just do this and get it it's just like jumping in, isn't it? And that's what that Pomodoro is, just like jumping into the pool rather than going around it and getting prepared to swim. I might be putting words in your mouth here, but I'm wondering if you are in a, are you, do you feel like even in a messy way, you're like a perfectionist and that's what's, because I wonder if you're going, it needs to be perfect. And yeah. actually when you said that hot dog shit thing, that, <laughs> which is a great <laughs> phrase, and I'm going to use, but when me and Hans, we write scripts together, right? So I will normally write the first bit and then she'll come in and, and the difference is I will write this, I will just get it done and down and I know it's bad because it's, and I know it's only going to get better, but there'll be a point where she'll be just like trying to do this like three lines for like an hour because it's, it's, not, it's not right yet. And I go, yes, yeah, it's, it's not right. It's crap. It's, it's shit. It's shit at the start. And then we work on it and we make it better. But I do think that comes from a perfectionism part of her um, her psyche. So I wonder if you have, having the timer, you go, well, it can't be perfect. It just has to be this is just when I stop rather because if you don't have that stopping thing, you're just going to keep wanting to make it this perfect thing. Yeah. Like I'm really bad. Like I don't think I've ever done it and, and, and take this not as a compliment, take this as not as a self congratulatory thing as someone who I've never done a sort of really bad first draft. Um, and so it's taken, not because it was a good first draft, just because I literally didn't finish it until it was, do you get what I mean? Like I kept doing yeah, it course, like that. Yeah. So it took crazy long. Everyone's in a panic. No one knows what's happening the first time, you know, now I've got a bit better at going, get it down, you know, but I would be like, I can't cope with a bad first. Cause then, it, then just on the first stuff I did. Um, and even now I have to go, have to push myself to be like, get the end, you know, especially just to get the story finished. Let's see if the story itself is a structure, the chassis works, you know, or, you know, then you can, and I have that thing of going, no, 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 go over and go over and do two pages, two pages, and then keep doing those mm-hmm. two pages. And then, and it's fine. You know, I try not to analyze it too much, but everyone I know who writes does that gets a proper first draft out just uh, you know that's a rough first draft it's on the page and then you edit and then you've got something to work with but it is a feeling I think maybe I thought I don't know maybe that I when I first started writing scripts I thought I won't be able to get I won't be able to make it right if it's not right you know like I, I doubted and now I know how to edit you know I just I just felt like oh, unless I if I go wrong I won't be able to, to to change it whereas which we know writing is rewriting you know but I think I in the beginning I was like yeah and who do you think from your parents gave you, I guess there's two things there. There's the, there is the work ethic that I said earlier, because I do think like you, just anyone, I mean, think about how many million people don't even ever write a script in their life, but talk about it. So there is a, a level of work ethic and, and other stuff you do. And then, then that, then that kind of perfectionism stuff, is that from your mom or from? 
Is it, is it even, is it even like, maybe they didn't say anything to you, but do you kind of notice what she was doing when you were younger and kind of, you think kind of by osmosis gathered that sort of stuff? I think a bit from both of them. I think there was a sort of, you know, my mum's a perfectionist. She's like, if you're going to do a job, do it right. That's her thing, you know? So she's, mm-hmm. she. Is that a phrase like, she used to say? Cause I like, oh, I, yeah. there's funny when parent, I love parent phrases. What was it? Ed Gamble said, um, his dad just kept saying to himself around the house, life is a job. And I just thought that it's just like, and my dad always says, you've got to keep the show on the road. Keep the show That's on the road. My mum says that said. as well. My mum always Does she says say that? that? Always says you've that. You've got to keep the show on Amazing. the road. Amazing. My mum also says, which is a great one, once um, you sell the sizzle, not the sausage. About Interesting. like, you know, like it's like how you the appearance yeah, it's you know, a presentation about, yeah wow. she said to me about confidence once and she just came out i was about she said she actually did watch something i did early on and she said i think it's all very good but you're very you've got no confidence you know and this you sell the sizzle not the sausage it's very good i was like all right That's, that she would do very well in los angeles with that attitude because it, <laughs> it is pure sizzle out here with very little no sausage. sausage i know there's no sausage <laughs> I um I think my mum had that and my mum does have that and I think she has passed that down in a kind of unless so yeah that comes from my mum like she doesn't like cheap clothes we didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up but my mum always was like it's better to have two expensive good things than Topshop and Primark and that sort of stuff she, and I was like but we can't afford that so I just need to get you know what I need to get and she was like hmm, no you know hold hold like uh, like she'd go to second hand shops and stuff but um, she's tiny and that you know tiny people can do go to vintage shops and have a great day like I have to try on hats all day and that's not fun um, <laughs> but she's just like try on a hat all day because <laughs> i'm like this is another victor everyone's trying everyone's like look at all these bargains i'm like for you mother for i you. never thought i never thought of that such a good people were smaller back in the day so vintage they're all is tiny like, you're tiny people and they're like so everyone's like go go you know and it's got a bit better but but she is like I mean, we had our jobs and as children i used to do the bathroom on a thursday it was my cleaning day, even from a very young age. And then I remember her really like getting me to do like, you know, obviously like, I was like, something like Cinderella. But she was like, no, no, if you do a job, you do it properly. And she was like, otherwise uh, don't do it. Don't start a job unless you're going to finish. And so sometimes, but sometimes you just need to do a quick wipe, tidy up, <laughs> you know, like it's all um, or nothing, yeah. all or nothing, you know, and I'm sort of like, nope, unless you're going to do it properly. And I think that is a good thing. And ultimately, but I think that can also, you just have to, you can do it in layers. Like you can do a first draft or you can do a like quick tidy rather than like, well, there's no point me tidying up this room unless I'm going to clear everything out today. <laughs> you know, and you go, well, no, you can it's still like fold all, your clothes. all or nothing. Yeah. It's like all or nothing with your mum. So you think from her, you've you've had a bit more of a balanced approach to this stuff rather than the going all into every task. No, I think I'm like her. I think I hold, ah. I don't do tasks unless I do them and that isn't sometimes the way to do it. Do you know what I mean? I think some things are in bits. You do things, you know, like you can sort out one drawer in your bedroom yeah. and be like, that's that drawer done. Whereas I'm like, no point doing that. Unless I'm going to clear out the whole bedroom, I'm not starting. And everyone's like, that's mad. That's like, do, you know. That's do, funny. Yeah. And that's her. That's I, my mum's attitude. Yeah. Hans, Hans has the same thing. Her mum is, is a perfectionist and she has she has learned that uh, I, what's the thing she always says about me? It's quite funny that I must've got from my dad. <laughs> I was really, no one's going to see that, but you just turned the light on next. To you look like it made, you look like you had an idea. 
<laughs> I, I literally a light bulb just popped above your head in the zoom screen i was like fucking hell that's what that happens so when visual. i'm thinking <laughs> when you're thinking and i'm bringing out those ideas that's bing, it. Light bulb that's goes it. um what was what's my thing she pointed out about me which is quite funny that i think i got from my dad because he hated his job uh but he you know he, he kind of was like do what you love and then do it I don't think he ever said it. I just got the thing is like, do something you love. And if I'm going to do that, I should really commit to it. So when it comes to like stand up or work, I'll put everything into it and try my best and be really thinking. And I think relationship wise, I'm not, she might say I'm an arsehole <laughs> and a terrible husband, but I do think I actually try pretty hard. Yes. And then everything else, I am just the l- most half-assed, bar- like text messages full of typos, just stuff like that. And she's like, it's a typo. I go, yeah, well, I'm not being paid to write the text message i don't it doesn't matter if there's a typo in it or just yeah cleaning again i'll be like that's that's good enough and she's like why don't you carry that same attitude into everything and i go because that would just because it takes too long it takes too long to do everything that way yeah we have and i think because you sort of have to compartmentalize that level of because you know everything can't have it be a 10 and that i find that really difficult and i do get that like I'm trying to, as I've got older, to be like, that's not a 10, it's a four and it's fine. So don't catastrophize and don't, that's a level four thing. Mm-hmm. And not like going, like if it's work, it's always a, t- you know, but sort of just in your brain to ease your, that hot brain when you're busy, where you're like, I can't cope, it's going to be too mad. Like, no, that's fine. That's a fun thing. It's not, it's not, you know, um, and sometimes it is like, you, especially WhatsApp groups, you know, when you're in like 20 WhatsApp groups, or whatever, and like, you know, I'm glad to be, but sometimes it can be like, okay, okay, there's a lot here. And then you have to just be like, I'm going to be, the world's not going to end if I don't get back, you know, like if you're tired and you're with your family or you're stressed or whatever. And I think we've got a lot of, there's so many inboxes and things to check without being like, I'm so popular, but everyone is, you know what I mean? Everyone's got Mm -hmm. WhatsApp groups and da, da, da. And I think that too. And I think our parents didn't have that. And so sometimes I think their frustration with it, like I left you a note, you know, you're like, yeah, there's like a lot going on. I don't think they you know, sort of had as much communication with anyone that we have. Do you feel worried um, that you're letting, and again, this is, this is related to what you said, but I just kind of popped to my, do you feel, cause this is something I know I feel, do you feel like when you get those messages, like you, if you don't think, do you feel like you're letting people down if you don't? And that, do you, yeah, do you like kind of worry about other people like, so much that it affects you yeah and then I get I get I do this awful thing where I don't get back I think I've got back I I I don't get back I'm going to get back I'm going to make a decision on that and I don't and so not only have I created the thing I've added to it do you know like it's like a I've lost Mm -hmm. days thinking I need to do do that but if I do it's the perfectionist thing if I respond to one I have to finish them all and I said this there was a period during lockdown I'd left my agent and there was a bit where I was, my inbox was like, I was, I feel like I should just put it in the bin. Like it's undoable. I can't, it's unredeemable. <laughs> I've seen your phone and it freaks me out. You're one of those people when I look at your phone, your your red number by your emails will say, it'll be like 24,000. Is that right? I took mail off of my um, phone because of it. <laughs> because I found it too, it, it felt like a threat. So I just took the mail thing off of my phone. That's a good point. Rather it's than not on there. I've never gone through them. And it's just hotel, you know, you set hotels and it's like a Wi-Fi code. So it sounds all like, oh my God, I've got so many emails. And then you go through and you go, yeah, because you once signed up for a thing at a co-op, you know, like it's, um, 
yeah, stuff like that. And I think can I can I can I ask you related to this? This might yeah. not even relate to you, but Hans, she hates a phone call because she thinks when she has a phone call, she has to give her full self to the phone call and really like be an amazing phone call mm. listener. Which I, and so she so to the point where she's like. Are they calling? I don't want to. I don't want to speak. So she'll just shut down and not do the phone calls. Whereas I'm like, ah, it's fun to chat to someone and kind of keep it casual. Again, I, I don't put my hundred percent into a phone call. Phone calls easiest thing for me. Interesting. If, I'll do two texts in terms of a conversation, and if someone carries on trying to have a conversation, I phone them and go, "What's happening? What's going on?" Like I can't. If they are like, "Oh, did you see that?" Like I'm like, "What's going on? Like why are they texting me this?" I find it wild that someone would think I would want to have a text conversation. I, I literally, that to me is the worst because I'll ignore it. Cause I think, well, it's obviously not urgent because they're texting me nothing. So I'll do a six minute phone call and it's fine. And you've done, you've done the thing. You're able to check in and be like, rather than sort of feeling like sometimes I'm like, cool. Or like, I've got nothing to add to this text or I don't, or trying to work out sometimes if you're like, do they need to chat? You know, cause sometimes our friends, you know, people, I think people sort of, I, I always feel like, oh, if you're sending a text, sometimes like, do you need a chat? Like it's, or, yeah. or are you just bored? But this is a generational thing. Young people hate, I FaceTime. I'm the worst. I'll just FaceTime and announce, bang, in your living room. Oh, mate. I only <laughs> think that's happening if, if you've done it by accident. If I say a FaceTime oh. pop up, I'm like, I'm like, she'd accidentally hit FaceTime. On I FaceTime. Why would you not? This is what gets me the most. Like it's the... It's the most advanced way to communicate. It takes all the nuance, all of the like, what does that mean? What's that mean? Da, 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 out of it. You get, you get it all done in four or five minutes. You get the vibes, you get the, they're not up for it. They're whatever, you know, you went, I brought up going to see that gig. They, I could tell they were, you know, you can see the thing, like it's all done. Mm. Or like, rather than maybe on Tuesday, we could do this thing. And then you're like, yeah, I'll see how it goes. And they go, so that's booked then. You're like, uh, I said, I'll see how it goes. You know, like it's, I do agree. No, you cut you cut out all of the. That makes sense. If I think it feels like a lot to someone, you do it. And you go, it will just save us an hour of. Oh, everyone weird hates me. Texting. Everyone hates me. But I think that is from my. <laughs> but I think I have my mother's invasive. My mum will once I was doing an interview, showbiz. I was doing an interview with a, um, a journalist, and a, and then my mum phoned me, and I said, "Sorry, I just turned the phone." And I'd already phoned it. She'd already. I'd spoken to her that morning. She phoned me. I ignored the call in front of the journalist. And then she phoned again. I ignored it. And then she went again. So something must be wrong. And I answered the phone. And I said, hello. And she went, hello, stranger. <laughs> I'd spoken to her that morning. <laughs> I was like, you cannot phone three times on a day yeah. I've spoken to you and say, hello, stranger. Um, that's but amazing. that's like me with FaceTime. I'll just FaceTime. I'm like, oh, I'll FaceTime them. And people are like, they really are frightened when they first answer. They're like, what? All right. Yeah, that's, oh, well, that's good. That's you. That's, that's Roshi. You're a very personable person. I think that's, that's, that's your calling card. Invasive, personable, fine line. <laughs> yeah, it's a fine line. It's okay to tread over that line. Come here, son. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So then going back to your parents and you, so your perfectionism and you said it kind of comes from your mum and then your creativity, was that like, I think did, they're like, both when did, really creative. My dad was yeah. really like sort of poetic and very, very smart. Like he was like, went to a very good uni. And so he was intellectually very smart. My mum is unbelievably funny. My dad was very funny, very, very dry. My mum could be, could have been a great comedy actress, a great, she is, um, accidentally funny she knows exactly how to pull a face like sort of she she honest to god can like is the only person if i'm like sort of down she can blindside me because i never really tr- and i know everyone's parents that but she can blindside me in such a way she wants i was so depressed once i was not expecting to laugh and i don't know if you've ever had this when the gulf is so far from laughing i was like well that's not that's not even on the menu today mm-hmm. and I, I can't remember what she said but it it was so, it got me to laughing that was sort of with no sort of consent. I was like, what? How is this happening? And I was laughing and I burst into tears because I was Aww. so weirded out that she'd made me laugh. Like, I'm, you know, friends with all my friends are like amazing comedians. I speak to them and stuff. And then like my mom just sort of out of nowhere just got me. I was like, how have you brought me? Yeah, she's a very, uh, and my dad was, my dad's dad has been dead like 20 years this year, but he was very, very, very funny, but he was a lot drier, a lot of sort of, um, my mum is a bit gregarious. My mum will do a face coming around a door. You know, she's one of those. She'll go for the, <laughs> <laughs> for no reason. Or she used to do a thing when I was a teenager, whatever I was saying on the phone to my friends, I was in the middle of like a big gossip. She'd come in and just go, stop telling lies, Roshin, to drive me mad. <laughs> Your mum is kind of like you, you. So your mum and your relationship sounds quite sisterly to 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 someone on the outside. Well, obviously there's there's a, there's boundaries, but the, that sort of that sort of banter is that's a banter I don't have with my my parents. But like, did I, you go I know to boarding like school? No, I didn't. I went to a uh, to a private school, but not a boarding one. Okay. Why? Okay. What was? Why did you think that's like a kind of a weird? Like you think boarding school parents have this kind of weird disconnect? Maybe. I, I mean, I don't. I don't, I don't think it's an absolute, but I think definitely if you, you know, like. If you want to those, bin your kids off for three months. <laughs> yeah. Like if you, going through those changes through teens and, you know, as we, and having those arguments and learning how to navigate conflict with your parents and working out the boundaries of, you know, who you are at 11 with your mum and dad as who, who you are at 16 with your mum and dad to who you are with 20. Like we're different people and our relationships mm-hmm. keep changing. But I think if you didn't have that, then it always must be quite guarded, I think. But I also feel like, yeah, me, my mum was very, um, we were very, very sisterly in some ways, definitely. Like she's not that, she wasn't, I'll tell you what my mum wasn't. 
no discipline or like which sounds very oh, contradictory I was, gonna, I was no i was gonna that's interesting just no swearing but no but otherwise you could do what you want like a sort of <laughs> no wild, swearing no sex that's it yeah like she was very clever but there was a sort of like yeah there was a certain there was not much discipline i would say comparatively like we were very disciplined in terms of like we had to be in and stuff but like I don't know. There's a sort of like timekeeping, that sort of thing. My mum is all over the place with that stuff, which sounds uh, contradictory, but that's I me as well. I that say. From. Yeah. She's yeah. always, you know, late. And so we, and my dad was never late ever, Interesting. you know, um, interesting. Did it, I wonder, well, yeah, you just won't know, but I, um, hands is, is late and I'm not, I, I just, I, know, I get <laughs> so stressed when we're supposed to meet someone and we're like 10 minutes late. I'm like, I'm fucking guilty by association. Like, I would have been here <laughs> on time and you're giving, you're sullying my name by making me, but that's like, but I'm the psycho because I'm like five minutes late to just meet someone. I don't care. But like, she's, she's turns up for it. You know, you'll, you'll turn up to important stuff on time. I think I'd, I've turned up so important stuff late. I think I've missed, I missed the wedding. I've, I've, <laughs> I was trying to help you out. <laughs> no, I've got time blindness. I've got a bit better, but like even in therapy, like I once, I felt like for about six months, we talked about why I was 10 minutes late to the meeting every week. And I was like, this just feels like I'm coming here to get told off of being late for coming here. Um, yeah, that's funny. But I think I do have like time blindness. Like I honestly feel like, my minutes just sneak out the door in like, like little like. Oh, there's mice. a diagnosis for everything nowadays. Yeah, that's it. Time, is. is that a real thing? Is that a real thing? Oh time no, time, mine is a time. Well, mine is literally time. But I'll be like this. I've got this. Is what I do, and it's also like a denial. There's so much goes on it to think it's going to be fine when you have a history of it not being that you will. <laughs> but your brain says this is all working absolutely fine. This feels fine, and that's you should be funny. like that. That phrase in my head should be like, that means you're going to be late because you've always felt this. And then there'll be a mad rush and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. Um, but if your mum never really like enforced, you know, that's yeah, how you can't you, unlearn, hard that's, to that's, change. You can't unlearn that. It's just your primitive years. You're going to be that's like, it. But then exactly it. Creates, blame my childhood. <laughs> blame it. Just let's make this blame, blame my parents for everything. Yeah. Sorry I'm late. It's my mum's fault. Exactly. <laughs> for, for, for 35 years. Whatever it is. Um, <laughs> Uh, so the creative, the both were creative. And so then when you just, cause how long have you done been in acting? In, yeah, 2003, like like nearly, two, what's it? Not 18 years. So, so your dad had passed just before you did this as a career. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And then what, yeah. what, what did you do? But what did you do before that? Did you do? Did you have oh my God. Before? I did film at uni and then I went to, I worked in a fashion company where I sold zips. Um, well, I didn't sell zips, but that's like what we were doing. Um, I was sort of just a bit lost. I was all over the place. I didn't. Really... Sorry, you really glossed over that. As a, I love, I love people's old weird jobs and selling. Like a friend of mine uh, used to screw bottle caps on bottles for eight hours a day in a, in a factory, and they all explode. Like he literally was just screwing them on like that with his for hands. eight hours a day with his hands. It, it, this is like, I guess there is maybe that. I don't know why it was cheaper than the machine or something. But yeah, put, selling zips yeah, is up there. Hence, <laughs> thing to do with your hands. Yeah. What have we got? I know he said. He said after four hours, you'd just be like, you know, how, you know, when you've been on your phone too long, you've got a bit of a weird yeah. claw. Like he just said, like, you just do that. And then I think it was some, uh, some bleach factory or something and something bleach. went wrong. And they, 
Or so, it wasn't That's bleach. It was something, worse. something cleaning product that could could uh, explode. And he said there was a thing where they, like, the machine blew and they all had to like run out of the building. But yeah, no. So that just made me think of your zip zip selling. It's your, your first job. It was a little fashion company, and then like they sold High Street. So they it wasn't just zips, but I remember the zips coming in. Um, so they worked for like necks and things like that. But I didn't know. I didn't have any. I was sort of a bit all over the place and. Um, I, yeah, I was in downstairs. I was in Crouch End with my friend Danielle, and I've told this story a lot, but we're in a place called Pizza Bella that's not there anymore. And uh, just the two of us, only one person ever said you should be a comedian, and that's all it took. So it wasn't like, everyone was always saying it to me. Danielle was really drunk. I was like, you should do comedy. I was like, I totally should. And then we went and put my name down Amazing. for downstairs at the King's Head. Then, like, drunk me had done that. And then, like, five weeks later, I got a call from Peter Graham. And, uh, and I think because it was very soon after my dad dying, the whole thing, it was all, it was all linked to that time. And I think you have mm-hmm. a real, um, you have a real nothing matters in a good way as much as a bad mm-hmm. way after anything like that happens. Because you just have this perspective of like, oh, the things you're scared of happen anyway. And so it's a fucking gig. You know what I mean? Like what the worst that's happened, it's going to be a funny dinner party story, you know, like there's no real loss, you know? And so, and, but I didn't think I'd like it as much. And then, yeah, but I think it was linked to very much my dad dying that the sort of the period of time was, I had a fearlessness. I don't think I ever would have got, if I'm being really honest, I don't know if that would have been there if that hadn't have happened. Interesting. You said he was creative. Did he w- have a creative job or did you feel like, for me anyway, my dad did a job he hated and he said, yes. you know, like, and it wasn't creative. So I always like took that like, so like, even though it's very selfless what he did and he paid for our schools and stuff. I was like, I want to go and do a thing that I enjoy and try my yeah. best at. No, it was fine. He worked like for like Aer Lingus or like when I was younger. Um, but yeah, he didn't, do exactly the same he didn't do what he was capable of I don't think you know and or where his joy would have been you know and Mm -hmm. I think our parent that generation I think there is a real luxury in that and sometimes it can also feel a bit like a curse because you get to do the thing you love and then if it causes you stress people like but you said you were doing the thing you love you're like yeah everything becomes work though doesn't it you know and Mm -hmm. so sometimes even the things you love and um but I do think that they just didn't and not I speak, you know, obviously not all parents, but I think I think a lot of and I you know, still maybe it's not but I think there's a generation now where people are all like very aware of, you know, how that how you spend your life affects how you feel. You know, like it's mm-hmm. you can't just compartmentalise. But also because I don't know, I feel like I just couldn't I always I always felt like this is really funny. Um, she says, but I always felt like if it, if I did a nine to five, genuinely bring it back to timekeeping. I thought if if I have to do a job that starts early in the morning, I'll never do well. <laughs> and then uh, the more successful you get at our job, you have to do mornings. And I was like, damn it! Yeah. And I genuinely said to Peter Graham once, well, as a joke, I said I did not get to showbiz to do mornings, Peter Graham. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I was like evenings. My comedy stand up was like perfect. Suits my dysfunctional sort of relationship with time the absolute best perfect i can you know that's, evenings that's i'm as funny. good as anyone after three o'clock <laughs> you're like bbc breakfast anyway we could do this um very early morning <laughs> almost late night <laughs> we, we do it at 1201 a.m oh i'm brilliant 
Yeah, yeah. on fire. That's when you get me my best. But the fear, the fearlessness, I think, is an interesting thing you said there um, about the the life that you've chosen, and I guess all of us a little bit is. You're right. There's um, and our, the parents' generation again. We're generalising a bit, but they they come from this generation of you earn your money and then you do the thing and and then you get a house, etc. Whereas, and it not, and that's still passed on to our generation because there's still a small percentage of people like get to do this this kind of hobby for a job. But I do think the biggest thing is, you're right, It's that is interesting, your dad passing, you felt that you had the fearlessness because I know so many people who are way funnier than me. And I'm like, you should you should do it. You yeah, should do yeah, this. Yeah. But they, it's it's always fear because it's, yeah, I mean, it's you get rejected all the time. What if you're bad? What if it's wrong? But when you don't f- fear that much, that's, that's, that's a very powerful thing. On the flip side, you get some people who are so fearless but have absolutely zero talent or ability but, but are so fearless it sort of doesn't matter it's kind of an interesting um characteristic i've 100 percent, and i think it's the thing you've got to try and preserve because as you get older i think you just naturally get a bit more fear we all get a bit gun shy in every area because you think well this is a bit you know that youthful like who can, you know it's all funny and it's all going to be okay and and trying to keep that creatively and in your own life so it's not rust so you don't rust sort of and not letting it all be outwardly dependent, like dependent on results, you know, because when we first did this, you know, when we first got on stage, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't like you, you had a committee and you auditioned. That's the beauty of why we did it. You know, you just went on and sort of said, I'm going to do it. People were like, okay, I guess that's how it works, which is amazing. It's the only thing in entertainment where you're like, I'm going to just put this spot and, um, but when things matter, it's hard to not be scared of it. That's the, that's the joke. So the second I did it, did the gig, I was so stunned at how much it mattered straight away. I felt like falling in love. I was like, oh, no, I like it. Oh, this is a nightmare. <laughs> like now I, I want it. And it's the thing that, you know, and I don't think everyone has that. I think some people have a career attitude to it or a, this could be useful. But my personal experience was it was – like coming with, I sound very like coming home and with all of that dysfunction and all of that, the good and the bad of that coming home of needing validation of getting mm-hmm. like a world where it's binary, good or bad, you know, like the joke works or doesn't like it's, it's, it really does lend itself to a certain type. I think where it does, you know, if you, if you maybe didn't feel seen and I did it as a child, I don't think I got that much attention in that sort of way. And I think then you go into those places and it's like, oh, they're clapping me. Wonderful. I know. <laughs> At last. <laughs> Finally. Tell Finally. me something I haven't known for 25 years, people. <laughs> Just waiting for you bitches to catch up. <laughs> Get on board the old uh, comedy train. your dad train. comes and sees your shows, doesn't he, your dad? He does, yeah. Um, obviously, I've been in a different country for a while, and then with COVID, I haven't seen him for over two two years. But yeah, no, he's a very, he's a very. This is what I mean. He's not. I actually think it'd be easier in a way for me sometimes if my dad, like, if I had a dad who didn't really give a shit at all, I could compartmentalize it a little bit more. But because he does care and he's very supportive and wants me to do well, and will say stuff to other people about, oh, my son's doing this or whatever. But he can't. He's very bad at. Expressing it to to me, so, and, and and I was thinking as well, like you're talking about the, the the growing up in our teens, and like he was around, but he he used to be at work all day, then socialising at night, and I realised I never actually saw him. I kind of I, was, I worked this out. I was, and I'm the older brother of my sister. Um, 
I realized he, so from, I'm like more grown up than him in some ways. Cause I felt like he wasn't, my mum was dealing with some other stuff. So I had to kind of just start doing stuff on my own, which is cool. And he's still a mate, but you know, you have, sometimes you're like, oh, I wish you'd just been a bit more okay to just be like a openly like connected dad. And that's, I'm just complaining. I'm just complaining about some shit. People have got it way worse than me, but. I just find but, it interesting that like everyone expresses their love in different ways. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's a real, it's a fascinating, they're, they're the most defining relationships of our lives, you know, like without a doubt, you know, every mm-hmm. relationship after that is a version of that or something you see, saw or saw, you know? So I do think it's fascinating. I do think it's really useful to imagine them as children. Uh, I think that's a really good thing to do whenever you, and, you know the, the houses they grew up in and what attention they got and how they were shown love mm. is a real because then you think oh god it, this must be so full-on because my mum come from a family of 12 and so she's a middle child she's like number five so I'm like did anyone even see you <laughs> like Mate, you know yeah. like how much time can you give a child when you've got 12 children and all women do you reckon that's why she she's very um yeah that must be why she wants to show you a lot of love all the time. Cause she's like, oh, I didn't get this and I want to give this to you, which is kind of, I think it is. I really do think it's a sort of like, you sometimes give what you want to receive, you know, and that's sort of, and that's how, and I think that's, and I think she did get it. Listen, I, I think she was loved, but I just sometimes think about attention. And I think that's what I, I think love and attention can be different things. Sometimes I think I was loved. I knew I was loved, but I didn't get that attention sometimes maybe. And maybe that's what you're saying. So there's an attention, it's a bit different and and it's fine and I, I wasn't like but I just feel like sometimes that compulsion to go on stage or that and not everyone yeah. I, I know there's a it's a bit of a a reach I'm sure there's lots of people on stage who disagree with me and stuff but for me I do think I always had a sort of need for a bit of attention you know and I think that's probably from the home that's my two bob analysis of it that there was a little bit less no I, I always think felt that's... love but maybe the actual attention like time with me as opposed to in the air, you know, that parent who's just yeah. sort of there, but they're not with you, with you, you know? I'm no psychologist, but it, it makes a lot of sense that we, we, we <laughs> want to be the centre of attention. <laughs> Sorry, what <laughs> the hell am I doing here? <laughs> Mate, what do you think I've been doing in Los Angeles for the last few years? You know, just got me make a few quid on the side. <laughs> what I've noticed out here, if you just nod and if you just nod and go, yeah, and just ask questions, people think, fuck, this guy's so deep because he actually, <laughs> he's vaguely listening to what I'm saying. Um uh, but no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, if you're, that makes t- and, and I never thought of that difference really between attention and love. And you're correct. Like, of course, if we go on stage wanting everyone to pay attention to us, there's, there was a lack of that at some point in our um, in our in our childhood. I mean, and I think makes- if you go on stage looking for love and then you get attention, you know, I think that's a really interesting thing as well. Like, there are people who, you know, seek that out, and you go, you're going to get attention. It's very different to love. You know, That's like, interesting. you know, you've got to sort of make sure that, and it's hard. No one knows any, like, no one really has a 360 on themselves to know what, what parts of the parent, of their parenting or their childhood affects them. Because, you know, you grew up in the same house and you can have, my sister, listen, her timekeeping is chaos, but, um, but the rest of her, she is military, like, which sounds like a contradiction, but that's my whole family are like that. But she is, there is no chaos in her world. Like structure. She likes structure. She really needs same. it to be structured. So then interesting and talk about your work because I actually love writing scripts because it's a, it's a, there's a, there's a structure, there's a sort of page aim. There's, there's certain 
thousands of years have have made uh, scripts flow a certain way but obviously you put your own nuance into it so i really enjoy that and i do like stand-up as well but i sometimes get pissed off with not like i don't i never say it to the audience but you go oh, these people are, it just annoys me somebody's turn up some crap venue and it's it's all over the shop and, you, and i'm like that's just, it's like i would have i would have done this in a much better way <laughs> whereas a script is like my safe zone of you're like, in control uh, like you're totally in I'm, control I'm, a, I'm a massive control freak yeah, yeah i'm a massive I, I like that about scripts but the thing is with me with scripts and this is and it's a listen i think it's a good thing for me because it helps my brain i will say this is what the script's about, absolutely have every belief the script's about. I will plan that out. I will do what I've been told to get the producers to not phone me. And then I will yeah. stop writing and then I have to let it go and then I'll just have an idea and I'll go with that idea. Sometimes that works. But to other people, so like my producer, she'll be like Charlie, uh, Charlotte Lewis, who's a producer, gave it. she's a wonderful producer. And um, and then halfway through, she'll be like, what, what bit are you on then? The bit that I've told, you know, planned out this episode. I went, so she'll be like, what bit is this? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I've got rid of all that. She's like, what's happening? Like, and I'm like, I just got, I went for a bit and she'll be, you know, very supportive, but also thinking, let's just stay with the plan. We liked the plan yesterday. And I'm very emotionally driven, yeah, I was which say. is good in some regards and can get great things out of me personally. But also sometimes it's just having that, I think the structure of going, and I'm getting better at that. Like structure is your friend. Just finish the idea you didn't give it a chance and you went with the next idea, like something shiny came at your head. But yesterday that was the shiny thing. And there's always going to be another shiny idea. Just commit to finishing that idea. And then you finish it and you go, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, script is, I love, I love them and I hate them in equal measure, you know, because you can't test it out. And so you're 25 pages into something thinking, am I absolutely insane? Whereas with stand up, you'd never get to do that much work you just go and jump on stage and be like, okay, this bit has got no legs. You know, like I, do you, do you write, you write your own, uh, on, you don't write with someone else. You write with yourself and then have a producer. Cause I, yes. I write with hands. So I, I kind of have a little, I always have yes. that instant feedback of that shit. So that's good. Uh, so you see, so yeah, you've got that even more unknown. Okay. Yeah. And I have very good support, hard. you know, my sister, well, she's really good. Like I, I'll get people to look at it, you know, my sister and Charlotte Lewis at objective when I did game face um, really had a, you know, uh, a really good collaborative, you know, kind of would be able to say, I trusted her. And that's what it is. You know, if you trust mm-hmm. someone to be like, and she never sort of rushed me or to be like, or just even if I went off piece completely. Um, but I like the structure. I like having, I think scripts and I totally get what you mean. You go to do a stand up bit and you go, well, I wasn't anti this bit, you know, but there's a hen doing and there's music playing and, you know, it's hard to gauge. Whereas a script, you sort of go on this page and this, is it good? You know, it's just a, it's, it's a little I bit I need purer. to embrace the chaos a bit more. And you need but then to, when you, you go to make a script, it's, it's the complete opposite mm. of that stand up. You can fix it in that room live on any given night. You could be like, right. If, if someone comes in with a violin and a flipping saw, I'm going to still make this bit work. Whereas a script you write it three times, you write it, you write it again, it gets written again on set. Lucky I'm in my own stuff because that terrifies me because people say, oh, this isn't working, I'll make this shorter. And then it gets written again in the edit. So there's three, and then by the time at the end, if it looks anything like the, the first script, which mine do in fairness, but a lot of the time, you know, that can, it must be devastating, I think, if you're a writer and then you don't get to be part of that process and then see at the end and be like, what's happening? Cause you have to move scenes around. Cause you know, you have to, mm-hmm. sometimes that's the only way it's going to work because of filming, you know, whatever. Um, 
Why am I talking about this? No, I just fine. It's good. You just go. You're going with the flow. I love it. This is Roshi, and you're going where your emotions are taking you. I love it. Um, do you think, like you talking about your mum, it just popped into my head when we were saying it about how you know she maybe didn't give you the attention when you were growing up, and then now like you have a lot of phone calls with her. Did that change after your dad passed, or is it kind of been constant, or since you became an adult? Or I'm just kind of curious to know if you kind of if it made you guys by virtue become a bit tighter. I think we were always extraordinarily close and like, it wasn't that so much attention she didn't give us. It's just, I guess there's just a certain, I'm always fascinated by the attention. Like, you know, my house, you know, my mom and dad was, you know, without getting into all their details, they mm-hmm. were sort of getting back together and, you know, it was a little bit mad. And so that's what it was. You know, it wasn't them right. personally giving me attention. The they're their own, they're they're their own stuff, which yes. is, I think, as we forget, I always, sorry to, to Carl, yeah. but it makes me think when certain people have kids around here and their kid is the centre of everything. And I actually think a sort of healthier thing, and again, I'm saying this having had no kid, is <laughs> you live your own life and your kid should fit into it and the kid shouldn't be the centre of attention. So that's not a bad thing. It's just like, that's just, it, they have, you have to, life's hard enough just with you and another person and jobs and all that. And then you've got kids as well. You can't focus everything on the kid. Yeah. I think it was that. I think it was, you know, and th- there was a little bit, you know, probably a bit more than that, even without being, you know, but it was, so it was never like, you know, like it wasn't like they had better things to be getting on with. It was just the way it was. And so, mm-hmm. and I think certain people need different attention and different, you know, it's just what we need. And, um, but no, we've always been extraordinary. But when my, when you lose a parent, it does make you, so I sort of became quite possessive of my mum, you know? And mm-hmm. so I have to be aware, like, especially during lockdown and stuff. And I think maybe a lot of people, you know, I felt like I was, you know, so much like, do you know, where are you? Get in, you know, kind of. Yeah. And, uh, and my mum's like a, you know, she's a very independent woman. And so we've always been. Yeah, no, we've always been extraordinarily close. But I think when my dad died, you do, you know, of course, the other parent becomes, you know, you've experienced something. And so that parent is, and she's always been very precious. I'm very like, I'm extraordinarily grateful and blessed with the relationship with my mum. Like there's, I don't think I could say anything to my mum. You know, I could tell her anything. Like she, I do feel like she's so loving. You know, that's her sort Mm -hmm. of vibe is, um, and, you know, and I, I wish she'd had more of her own things that were nice, you know, like that's sort of what I, and sometimes I think maybe that's what I do, you know, to try and live a life that is, I don't know, like that, they, that, you know, that they'd go, I would have liked to go at that, you know, like mm-hmm. to do fun things and not it all to be a little bit stressful or whatever. That makes sense. No, no, I, I agree. Yeah. You want to, it's uh yeah, it's good to do stuff for yourself, I think, in, in yeah. this world of, of uh, which is weird because you feel like a lot of people just do stuff for themselves. But I, I think if someone is, I know those type of people in my life and you're like, you just, it's, and a lot, it's very common in mums. I think they put everything into yes. help, making sure everyone else is out doing a good time. And, and you just think, oh, like, actually my dad has that as well. He wants, and on a social level, everyone's having a good time. Everyone's having a, I was just like, what about, what's, look after yourself, mate. Like, like there's some, you're important as well. And uh, I think, uh, no, it's nice. It's, I think that's good if you're, you're, chasing your dream chasing a dream makes it sound like chasing a dream, but <laughs> it is. keep working hard mate you'll get there that's, that's the thing that they want isn't it that's what they put all that effort into these shitty kids that are us you know what i mean and we're you know we're, we are we are and i think you know i think you've got to love your parents for who they are not who you want them to be or who you need them to be like mm-hmm. they're human beings and that's sort of the relation that's sort of how i've especially as you get older i just think any resentment like this isn't my story but i know i've got friends who've got very you know and i just feel like if you can 
to work on that. I would suggest, you know, you know, a place where that isn't. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's fascinating because, you know, you do see yourself in your parents and, and, and I think it's funny that we are made from other people, you know, and then we just have bits of other people that think, Oh, that's them. Oh, that's this, you know, and in a family, we just all have these little bits yeah, especially as you get older, I agree. You go, oh, that's weird. And then oh, I find that, for, I mean, I found going out with hands, it's like you, 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 before that, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing stuff this way. And then you're like, oh, that's, oh, you're right. That is weird that I do that thing. And then you're like, oh, and then you go, I think I do that because of, of that person in my life. I'm not blaming them, but you do, you do, yeah. All our fears, insecurities, and, and our actions, are, are, yeah, we're like a cocktail, we're like a weird cocktail of these these humans that made us and uh but you're right don't i think don't hold resentment that life's too short for that you just gotta just you could accept them for who they were and just try and try and be the if best you can obviously you can some people we, we you know we're relatively very lucky you know and then certain we people have done, so i have to remember that that everyone's got some people got really horrendous relationships with their parents and stuff you know and i'm into generational trauma i've been reading all that like this stuff i do think you could pass all that stuff down mm-hmm. you know like so like I, that's why i'm fascinated with my um you know, my dad's childhood and my mum, I'm always like trying to get as much information. I'm, I'm trying to like record that my mum, obviously, because my dad's that, you know, like, so I'm, that's why I think FaceTime, but like even with photo, like, you know, people take photos. I'm like, take a video. Like we're going to want videos. I'm always the person. I was, I was zoom. I was zoom videoing over lockdown. Cause I thought you, I literally was like, you might die. And I'm in another country. Literally, yeah. was my, But I was like, and I realized that we don't, um, and again, I think if we were like, you and me were like a generation below, we'd probably be videoing shit all the time. But like, uh, we didn't have a cat. We, I've just not really got that many videos no. of my family None. at all. And then I suddenly had that thought and I was like, oh, then you want to just have this and show. It'd be kind of crazy to, <laughs> like we had kids ago, have you got any videos of uh, a granddad? And I was like, oh no. And they're like, oh, I probably weren't around in your time. I was like, no, it was literally always, <laughs> there was, there's no excuse apart from me being lazy. I had one in my pocket the whole time. <laughs> I, I had a video camera. Pocket. But also was, just was, ask them about their childhood and they're like, and ask mm. the more specific you get, you'll get three answers a day that you're like, what? I know. Like, I love, I love, like, I love a wild. revelation. I love a revelation of just like, because again, you just see them as you were younger and a kid and you're like, oh God, you were, yeah, I'm like fat. I'd love to just like ha- like go back in time and just watch my dad as a school kid, and it would just be so fun. It, it just yeah, just a, an eccentric human. So it'd be very fascinating for me to watch. When I went to mom. New York, um, I met my auntie, my dad's sister, his family in America, and um, and then I said about his childhood, and I said, oh, you know, what was this sort of? And then she went, well, <sighs> I got this sigh, and I was like, oh god, like you know, mm. like, and then she said. There was, the, there was the gate. There was the goose, and I said, "What, ha- what happened?" <laughs> she said, "Well, basically, I sort of set the. Is it? Do you say goose or geese? Goose. Goose is a singular. If it's right? if it's one, it's a goose. goose. Yeah. yeah. For a second, there, I just thought, are they different? Groups? I know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. she set a goose on my dad, and basically every day for like a year in their their farm, like my dad was like four or five the goose would attack him. And I thought, oh my that's God. pretty bad. But it was such a silly, like it was a silly thing, but it was also like, that's all I had. Like, I was like, <laughs> like tell me something goose. about him, yeah. the goose. Well, we, I like, like, didn't expect it to be so geese based. story. But, yeah. I was like, but she was sort of like, you know, he, he, was, he was very frightened of that goose. And I was like, of course he was. <laughs> but you know, that's sort of just the idea of that. 
that you can, the stories, I don't know, that pass down about your parents as well, that people, when you ask other people about a dead parent, the information you get is always wild, like wildly inappropriate. And I know my dad would be annoyed. He'd be like, really? That's the bit? You're going to tell her about yeah. that woman I went with when I was 70? Like, I know. You know, sort I know. Of. I know. They don't want to hear that. Yeah, especially if that my dad doesn't want... I want to know all about his like past love life and all that. And he just, he, he, I think he, he almost goes, don't bring it. Like he, he's going to bring it up <laughs> and then my mum's going to divorce him in like retrospect because of it or something weird. But yeah. That's it's- so funny. I quite like that though as well, that, you know, that they do have that sort of like, well, I'm married now or I'm, you know, like since it is sort of bad form to bring it all up, you know? Yeah. yeah. My, um, my, my information that you need to know about started when I yes, met your mother at yes, 25. Everything yes. else is irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I quite like that. Uh, uh, mate, Rose, this has been so fun. Um, it's thanks been great. For being so, has it been all right? Been you'll have something, you'll have something loved, you can chop into that. <laughs> yeah, it's about, it's at least, it's three minutes we can use. Um, before, we, before we wrap it up, there's two things I've Hit been me. getting people to do. So you're... If your mum listened to this, not yes. does she even understand what a podcast is? Does she? Because my she does, but I mean, she a hundred percent would pretend she didn't, so she didn't have to listen to it because she won't listen yeah, to, it. she won't engage with things. Would you? Well, you've kind of been so just complimentary anyway. But is there anything like if your mum's listening, you just like to say to her, just like a nice, honest thing for your mum? Oh, hear? she loves a compliment, my mum. Uh, what would I say? Something about how she's dressed, surely, even without seeing her. She loves that. She likes compliments on her jobs. So, like, she's done something. So, what she's done recently, maybe the sitting room, it looks really great. Stuff like that. I I would say she does a great job. You do a really, really, you're really good at the things you do. Lovely. That's nice. And I love her with every bone in my body. I love it. Mate, I love the love. That's, I'm all about that. And then, and then finally, then speaking of that, you've linked nicely to. I'm getting every guest to say to encourage my dad to not be afraid to say I love you to me. So, um, and then I'll play him this, and then we'll get his little feedback. So, anything to sort of help, John? Well, yeah, Martin? I think he's obviously got a bit of a. He's obviously got a bit of hesitancy around the "I love you" bomb. So maybe try other languages first <laughs> what do you mean like in in french french maybe a little i love you in greek spanish let him Amazing. find the phrase maybe the sounds i love you are a bit yeah. like oh too much so let him yeah and you know what it means because sometimes that is the you know <laughs> i just can't like, wait for my dad to say i love you in uh in mandarin to me or get year. your own phrase you know like sometimes in romantic relationships you just yes. like, you like buttons and it, you know buttons means i love you and they go buttons and you like buttons and then, so you say that to me, you're going to say, you don't want to say I love you, but we're going to have to have a word or a phrase that equals that. And that might be Robocop. And it might be, right. it might be chicken masala, but you both know that word stands for I love you. And he, you're giving him a lot of, I think once you give him a lot of options and then he finds himself saying chicken masala at the end of the call, he probably will start saying I love you. I think he'll forget that we've established that as a thing and he'll be like, I would like I would like a chicken I would like a chicken masala. Uh, yeah. You're you offering buy? stuff. Yeah. Uh Roche, that's absolutely excellent. I appreciate that. That's the, the, the only person to have offered chicken masala instead of I love you, but I like it. Um you. mate, you've been awesome. Before you go, um, because your flatmate's cooking you dinner by the, by the sound of it, um, which is enough speaking of chicken masala. Everything, look at that, seamless. Some such Lovely a it's such a treat to uh, see you. I know. Before I go though, can you do you want to plug anything to people where they can no, you don't want to plug um, anything? Oh anything my show's good? on in the States, isn't it? Game Face is on Hulu. 
and yep. Afterlife Loved is it. on um, Netflix. Lovely seeing you from afar doing good things. Oh, thank you, my love. Maybe try other languages or get your own phrase. Buttons, buttons, buttons. Very, very cop. Dad, that was Roisin's advice. I quite like that. Is there any other languages you can say I love you in? You could, I could say it in French. How do you say in French? J'aime. I quite like that. Is this, I think j'aime is just I love, isn't it? Yeah, there's no you in there. You have to put a vu or a tu. Tu. J'aime tout. There we go. I've got it in French. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yes, you need the... And tu is the personal rather than vu, which Take is it. the... I don't know if that counts. God, I learnt that at school so long ago. God. Well, there we go. Trip down memory lane for you. What about, um, I quite like the idea of a random word that we both know means I love. I think this is a good way of bringing, bringing it up. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm less keen on the chicken ticking masala, I think. <laughs> that might be a bit hot and curry. Sounds like it's got a bomb in it. I don't want to eat oh, it. is it ticking masala? Sorry, ticker, I mean. I mean, what's it called? Ticker. Well, what about different, what about different word that you, what about different word? Any other, what, about, what one word would be like, oh, that's a nice word that we could share between each other that means love gosh think of a word any word je why have you gone french again what about an english well, I don't word? Know. I just i thought french is more sort of okay. it's a more subtle language for these things okay bibliotech how about that bibliotech oh god that's a bit god that's so old dusty old men in in looking at old books <laughs> sort of people i deal with what about a random English word? What, what random English word could we use as a, a word that means... Churchyard. Church. <laughs> All right, tell people to come back next week and we'll see if we can get to say the phrase in real life. Come back next week, it's good. Dad, I love you. See you next week. Uh, yes. A podcast from producer paul.co.uk.